DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents What Am I to Do? The Discernment of God's Will in Everyday Decisions with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher was ordained in 1979 as a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He obtained his doctorate from the Gregorian University, and he has dedicated many years to an extensive ministry of retreats, spiritual direction, and teaching about the spiritual life. Father Gallagher is the author of seven books published by the Crossroad Publishing Company on the spiritual teaching of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the life of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. Father Gallagher is featured on the EWTN series, Living the Discerning Life. What am I to do? The discernment of God's will in everyday decisions with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Father Gallagher. Thanks, Chris. Discerning the will of God, an Ignatian guide to Christian decision-making. That's the key, isn't it? Christian decision-making, as opposed to just deciding things on the spur or without that consultation with Christ. Mm -hmm. So that the, the choices that we make are increasingly consciously choices for God's will in the various situations in which we find ourselves. And some of them seem very small. You know, should I um, call this person on the phone today or would it be better to do that later? Um, Should I do this errand today or, you know, wait till another time and so on? And some of them are very big. The biggest of all being the vocational discernment that we make um, at some point in our lives. And then career decisions and changes, major choices for the family. So there's a whole array of choices from small daily choices to the larger choices which are going to impact our lives in significant ways. And the person who loves Christ, the the Christian, who wants to be a disciple of the Lord and wants Jesus to be Lord in his life and her life, wants to know what Jesus wants of me in these choices, what is God's will, so that like Jesus, who lived never doing his own will, but always doing the will of his Father, with the um, infinitely rich results of the redemption of the world, we want our own lives to be patterned on that. And then our lives take on meaning on the level of faith. And we're not just human beings trying to make sensible choices. Obviously, we never want to do less than that. But we want to do much more than that. We want our choices to be made in Christ and on the level of faith. And so we all face this question then in the many choices that come up. How do I know what God's will is? I want to do it. That's... a most of all, what I what I desire in life. But we do run into times in which we're not sure what the Lord's will is. And that's where this teaching of St. Ignatius comes in. And that, Chris, that's our topic, really, uh, as we're going to go forward now. You know, Father Gallagher, it really struck me that when you were giving us those options, whether they be the smaller ones about whether or not I should call this person today or wait, to the bigger ones about what I should do with my life, it, the, the key is that no matter what, we do ask for that guidance. I think sometimes we think it's easier for the big decision than maybe the little one. Well, I think the best way we're going to answer that is by looking at a series of real situations in which we might find ourselves, and from those situations, looking at the principles that are going to help us discern. Beginning with the smallest, I say smallest in quotes because nothing is small in our lives. You know, we read in the gospel that even the hairs on our head are counted. God is that close to us. Everything matters. But from these um, multiple daily decisions to the biggest ones, 
exactly this question that we're raising. In these choices that I face, how can I discern what God's will is, which choice he wants me to make? And just as in the church, we all look in a special way to someone like St. Francis of Assisi when we want to live gospel simplicity and, and gospel poverty more, more richly in our various vocations. And just as, for example, when we want to learn more about the different states of prayer, we all tend to look towards St. Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross in, in a special way. When it is a question of discerning God's will in specific choices, the Church tends to look to St. Ignatius as the one who has written most concretely and usefully about this. And this teaching arose in St. Ignatius' heart in that moment when he was 30, and we've talked about this other times, when he was lying on his convalescent bed, recovering gradually from the wound to his leg in battle, and experienced the different attractions toward a more worldly way of living and a more Christ-centered way of living, and through understanding the stirrings going on in his heart, in his thoughts and in his heart, came to see the will of God uh, in his life and followed it so faithfully. That was the beginning, as St. Ignatius would tell one of his Jesuit companions many years later in life, toward the end of his life, that it was while he was lying on his convalescent bed and beginning to understand these different stirrings of his heart and in his thoughts and beginning to understand what was of God and what was of the enemy in that, that's when he first began to realize that there are especially three patterns or three modes, we're going to call them using his word, in which God answers that question, how can I know what your will is, O Lord, especially in the more significant choices that we face? But we really need to set a context for those that threefold answer before we go immediately there. And let's do that by just reading a couple of sentences. This is actually just two sentences from the spiritual exercises, and then we'll go back over them. These are the first two sentences of the entire book, and this is where St. Ignatius explains what he intends to do in his teaching in this spiritual classic. And he says, by the term spiritual exercises is meant every method of examination of conscience, meditation, contemplation, vocal and mental prayer, and other spiritual activities that will be mentioned later. For example, the discernment of spirits that we've talked about earlier, review of prayer and things of those kinds. So spiritual exercises, by analogy with uh, physical exercises, as he says, will be the activities that we'll undertake toward discerning God's will. And he goes on to say, for just as taking a walk, journeying on foot, and running are bodily exercises, so we call spiritual exercises every way of preparing and disposing the soul to rid itself of all inordinate attachments and after their removal of seeking and finding the will of God in the disposition of our life for the salvation of our souls. So that before we get to the moment of seeking and finding God's will in these various significant choices especially, a number of things need to precede that so that when we get to the moment of discernment, we will be ready to hear and understand clearly the Lord's response. Many of the struggles that we can often experience in discerning God's will in these significant choices diminish, and things become clearer when we, we give attention, as Ignatius does, to the indispensable steps that need to precede the moment of discernment, the preparation. So Ignatius talks about spiritual means, 
So examination of conscience, meditation, contemplation, vocal prayer, mental prayer, discernment of spirits, the sacraments, the Eucharist, confession, penance, spiritual reading, all the various range of spiritual means that the church gives us, these are going to be very important in preparing us for discernment. We'll say more about that later. And then simply the the point that discernment needs to be prepared is fundamental. And then Ignatius speaks in the course of that preparation of disposing our soul. We need a certain disposition of soul, a certain disposition of heart, which he tells us is ridding ourselves of what he calls inordinate attachments so that our hearts are really free to say yes to whichever choice God will wish. And then once these things are in place, the preparation through using the spiritual means when our hearts have reached that disposition of freedom and availability before the Lord, then Ignatius says we set about seeking and finding the will of God. And that's where he will describe the three modes of discernment that we'll get to a little bit later in this series. How wonderful that we've had the opportunity to really enter into those spiritual exercises, per se, the the discernment of spirits, the examine prayer and meditation and contemplation so that we can have those as part of our background in being able to enter into the, the fuller discernment. Absolutely. And the way I think about that, it's like one of those wheels on the old wagons, you know, where you'd see the spokes going into the the central hub from the rim. Mm -hmm. Each of the pieces that we've talked about thus far, discernment of spirits, meditation, contemplation, the examine prayer, all of these are like the spokes that lead to the hub and allow the wheel to function as it were, or allow discernment of God's will to take place so that it's true. The more we learn about those various elements, the richer our preparation for discerning God's will is is going to be. That's that's actually the logic. That's why Ignatius put these various elements together in his spiritual exercises, because it's by using those elements that we grow in the ability to discern God's will in the choices of our life. And that's that's his fundamental concern in his spiritual teaching in the in the exercises, to help us get to the point where when we're faced, especially with significant choices, we are all the more ready to to hear and be able to embrace God's will in in that. And from that comes something wonderful. As Dante said, his famous line, in your will is our peace. Um, It's a wonderful thing to be living in the will of God. Now, a little bit earlier as we were talking, we were discussing the range of choices from the small, in quotes, daily choices that we make to the more significant ones that impact our lives for um, at length. And What I'd like to do now is look at a series of little vignettes of concrete experiences and out of these pull the principles which begin to guide our choice in this various range of decisions that we may need to make in our lives. So the first one we're going to call Kenneth. And Kenneth is struggling financially. Things are difficult for him. He has a business transaction in his work this day and he knows that if he does not tell his employer about this transaction, the sale, the income through it, that he'll be able to retain a greater share of the profits from the transaction than if he brings it to his employer as he would be expected to do. So Kenneth faces a choice. Obviously, it's a choice between being honest or, or dishonest in a time in which there's a certain pressure which could move this man who wants to be faithful to the Lord to be tempted a bit even to consider being dishonest in this situation. So it's a choice between a good thing 
and a bad thing. Mm-hmm. In this situation or any situation like it, where the decision is between a morally good choice, honesty, fidelity to our marriage vows, our priestly or religious commitment and the rest, when the choice is between a morally good option and a morally bad option, then the discernment is always very clear. God obviously never wants what is morally evil or morally bad and always calls us to choose what is morally good in any situation we may face. Now, the discernment is very clear in these situations. Certainly, it can take courage at times to be faithful um, when there are pressures moving us toward the choice that is morally bad or certainly the one that God does not want. But the discernment itself is is very clear in any situation of this kind. And obviously, this first experience and first principle already resolves discernment in many of the decisions that we're going to need, that we're going to be facing in life. As I say, sometimes it can take courage, but the discernment is clear. A second example, um, Barbara meets with her doctor, Dr. Barbara is a number of months into a pregnancy. The -hmm. doctor does a test and tells her that the child she's expecting may have a disability and gently tries to suggest that she may wish to consider what he'll call a termination of her pregnancy. Now, how does Barbara discern God's will in a choice of this kind or in any similar kind of choice? Again, the choice is very clear, and I'm going to assume that um, those of us listening to these conversations, because we're interested in doing God's will, would never even consider the choice, which is not that which God wants in a situation mm-hmm. like this. But I simply give this example to make what is another very important point about any discernment that we may ever face. God wants us whenever we're choosing between a morally good option and a morally evil option, and in this um, case, obviously, between the inexpressibly important good of a human life or taking an innocent human life. If we are not sure in any situation like this as to what Christ does want, what are the options that Christ sees as good and those which Christ sees as evil and therefore never to be chosen. In any doubt or confusion or uncertainty we may have about the moral nature of the options, we resolve that by looking to the teaching of the church that Christ gave us as the faithful steward of his teaching down through the centuries. So in any question, any issue we face, and there are many obviously in the culture today, which certainly thinks in in ways that are very different from the teaching that Christ has given us, and as we have it through the church, in any of these situations we may face, our clarity comes through looking to the teaching of the church. And for St. Ignatius of Loyola, this is absolutely and unquestionably a guiding principle for any discernment that we will ever make. In fact, just as he has a set of rules for discernment of spirits, he has a set of rules also in the exercises for, as he calls it, thinking or feeling with the mind of the church in any decision or situation we may face in life. Any discernment we make, if it is to be a discernment that is true to what Christ is asking of us, must always be faithful to the teaching of the church in any specific issue we may face in life. We'll return to What Am I to Do? We'll return to What Am I to Do? The Discernment of God's Will in Everyday Decisions with Father Timothy Gallagher in just a moment.
Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. A prayer for the intercession of Venerable Bruno Lanteri. O Father, fountain of all life and holiness, you gave Father Bruno Lanteri great faith in Christ your Son, a lively hope, and an act of love for the salvation of his brethren. You made him a prophet of your word and a witness to your mercy. He had a tender love for Mary and by his very life he taught fidelity to the church. Father, hear the prayer of your family, and through the intercession of Father Lanteri, grant us the grace for which we now ask. May he be glorified on earth, that we may give you greater praise. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to... What am I to do? The discernment of God's will in everyday decisions with Father Timothy Gallagher. Let's move now to uh, a different kind of scenario. Ruth is a married woman. She has three small children, and life is very busy for Ruth and for her husband. Ruth has uh, a gift for singing. Uh, she sings well. She she loves to sing. She has a background in music and is able to assist others in, in uh, learning music. And the choir director of her parish asks if Ruth would consider leading the singing for the upcoming Holy Week services in the parish. Once, when she's asked, Ruth immediately loves the idea. She, she would love to do something like this. Uh, it's a skill she loves to exercise, and to exercise it in the service of the parish would be a wonderful thing. And she knows, as the choir director explains to her what this would involve, that it's going to mean many hours of practicing with the choir 
leading up to Holy Week, in addition to being present um, at the ceremonies themselves during Holy Week. So Ruth needs to discern. Does God want her to lead the singing in Holy Week? And by what criterion can she discern whether God wants this of her or not? So the, the criterion that she will follow in discerning this choice or any one of us in similar kinds of choices will be fidelity to the duties of the state of life to which God has called her. So the parish priest, fidelity to the duty of uh, his duties in leading his people in the parish when he is invited to do other things that might in some measure take him away from that. So what Ruth needs to discern is whether she can give the time that will be necessary for this service in the parish and still be attentive to, be present to, serve her children in the way that they need and that her husband needs. So her her vocation as a wife and mother. If Ruth examines this prayerfully before the Lord and realizes that as much as she would love to, to do the singing in the parish, that amount of absence from her family with three children who are still very small simply would not allow her to be faithful to those commitments, which are clearly the Lord's will for her in calling her to um, marriage and to motherhood, then she knows and she can discern clearly that God is not asking of her to lead the parish in the singing for Holy Week at this point. If she can see that she can do that compatibly with a faithful service of her responsibilities and duties within the family, then she she may well discern that this additional good which does not distract from the good that God is already asking her to do, could very well be uh, in the Lord's will for her. Things may change. Maybe five years later, she's asked once more to do the same thing. The children are older at this point. Things may look different. So that the criterion that we want to get at here, or the principle, is that whenever we face choices which require us to choose either a set of duties and responsibilities which are a part of a vocation to which God has clearly called us, and other things which are good in themselves, but which we could not do without being less present than we need to be to the responsibilities that are clearly God's will for us in our vocation, then we know that the Lord's will is fidelity to those duties within the vocation. Father Gallagher, in that example, but also in the first two that you gave us, there is an element that we probably have to wrestle with a little bit in that the desire and the want that we have in our own heart. But I really wanted to do this. Okay. But I know that I need to be home with my kids. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, that's a very important consideration. And we actually touched just very quickly on that earlier, and we'll be coming back to it. That's the disposition of heart of which Ignatius speaks in the very first sentences of the spiritual exercises, that we really need to pray constantly and to seek from the Lord the disposition which becomes ever more like that of Mary, who says when God reveals his will to her in the Annunciation, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word. Or like Samuel in the Old Testament, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. It's it's a heart which is, as Ignatius says, free from in, inordinate attachments. Now that's a simple phrase, but there's a lot in that. And I think that's what your question is getting at, Chris. It may be very hard for Ruth to 
warmly declined the invitation from the choir director because everything in, in her heart would love to do this. It's a talent mm-hmm. that she's good at, and it's a beautiful service for the parish. But she may need to say no in this particular case because of the prior responsibilities to which the Lord has called her. Um, confident that in that sacrifice, the Lord is going to bless her, bless her family, and bless others through her. But it can be difficult to do that in, in those circumstances. So we really have a good deal more to say about the growth toward that disposition. Actually, the principal focus of preparation for discernment, as St. Ignatius describes that preparation, is, is this attitude of heart, this disposition of soul by which when we're faced with various options, the deepest readiness within us is to say yes to what we know God wants. But these are two, these are two, two things that have to go together. A heart that is ready to say yes to what God wants, sometimes it will be delightful. You know, let's say it's um, the same situation and there are other circumstances which, um, which are involved. Unhappily, let's say her, her husband is laid off right now and is home a good deal more than usual. She has a sister who loves helping out with the children. You know, there are other circumstances which might be involved right now. Whereas we say a little bit later when the children are more grown, there may be times when Ruth, with delight in her heart, will be able to recognize that God is actually calling her to lead the singing in the parish for for Holy Week. Where St. Ignatius wants to lead us is toward the grace of a heart that is ready simply to embrace whichever choice we come to see the Lord wants. And our, our point right now is that whenever the discernment is between things which are clearly God's will for us in terms of our vocation itself and other things which are good in themselves but which would not allow us to be fully faithful to those commitments to, which are part of our vocation, then clearly we can discern that God wants us to give priority to what we already clearly know to be his will, and that is um, our vocation and its various activities and responsibilities. Now, if we, if we notice, there's a certain, there's a shift between the first two, from the first two examples, Kenneth and being honest or dishonest, and Barbara between choosing life or not choosing life, and the situation that Ruth faces. In the first two cases, the choices between a good thing and a bad thing, and even as I say, even though as we say it may take some courage to do the good thing, the discernment itself is very clear in those cases. Whereas Ruth faces a choice between a good thing and a good thing, taking care of her children or making the singing more beautiful in the parish for, for Holy Week. In this first situation in which a person faces, faces a choice between a good thing and a good thing, the answer is given by the fidelity to the duties of one state in life, and then whether the other good thing is compatible with that or not. All right, we'll, we'll move, we'll take a further step in looking at these principles. This is Anthony, and Anthony is under pressure to complete a business project in the next few days. And he had been planning to spend an hour this particular evening with his eight-year-old son and do things that his son enjoys and just have time together. But let's say as he's driving home this day, he begins to wonder now whether he may need to dedicate that time to the business project because of the pressure to get it done. So Anthony faces a discernment. Uh, He's a man of faith. 
He wants Jesus to be Lord in his life and guide his decisions. Like Jesus, he wants to do the Father's will. But he is unsure now of how to discern whether God wants him to keep that hour with his son as planned or to dedicate the time to the business project, which is also a very real concern. Again, this is a choice between a good thing and a good thing, uh, like Ruth. But we're, we're approaching now these small daily choices of, that, um, that the Christian faces every day in life. How does Anthony resolve this? Obviously, he doesn't have a lot of time to, to resolve this. Anthony will, will begin by praying. He'll lift up his heart to the Lord, present the choice to the Lord, and ask for the Lord's help. The Lord who promises us that if we ask, we will receive. If we seek, we'll find. Then Anthony will prayerfully review the various factors. How pressing is the business project? How much time does he need to give to it? Is there any other way of structuring his time so that he can complete the project on time and still conserve the hour with his son? Or does that appear to be more difficult than he had originally thought? Having prayed, he will review the various factors in the choice. Then he'll make his best decision for the one choice or the other, the best choice that he can see before the Lord. And having done that, he'll let his heart be at peace. And then if he's, if he's uh, willing to take one further step, let's say he chose to dedicate the time, the hour to stay with his son, or he chose to spend the time on the business project. After the event, Anthony will review the experience and learn from it. Yes, that seemed to have been the right choice. I think that really was what the Lord wanted. No, with goodwill, I made my best choice, and I'm sure the Lord was pleased with that. But as I review that experience, I can see that in another situation like this, I could do things differently so that another choice might be possible, etc. He'll pray, review the factors, make his best decision, let his heart be at peace, and then please God, review the experience and learn from it. So that day by day as he does this, he is growing increasingly ready to hear the Lord's will in the many decisions of each day. Father Gallagher, it seems as though we've learned so much already, but we have so much more. Uh, I wish we had more time. Any final thoughts on this particular episode? I think we could already begin to ask of the Lord for a heart like Mary's. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your word to pray for that disposition, for a heart that is really free to say yes when we'll see clearly the Lord's will. And then to begin even now in the the many decisions we make each day, to begin to bring these increasingly to the Lord so that, as St. Paul says, Jesus is Lord in a very real way every day in our lives. Perfect. Thank you so much, Father Gallagher. You're welcome, Chris. You've been listening to What Am I to Do? The Discernment of God's Will in Everyday Decisions. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to support our efforts. But most of all, we ask that you tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for What Am I to Do? The Discernment of God's Will in Everyday Decisions with Father Timothy Gallagher.